morning. I think y'all have seen enough of me today already, right? <laughs> I was growing up, and my grandfather would always tell me about exciting shows of when he was listening to the radio. Do you remember listening to the radio growing up? I, I, I unfortunately have not. But he would tell me of one story that he loved over and over where out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. Hi-ho, Silver away. The Lone Ranger rides again. See, you have heard it. And then you can get maybe the William Tell Overture. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap over tall buildings in a single bound. We've heard these, we've seen these maybe in movies, and, and they remind us of something, they inspire us. Have you ever heard the national anthem and it just stirs something within you? Something of power and excitement where you just want to go play ball. Let's do this. God bless America. There's times where it's exciting. And we come in this time hearing this gospel with excitement, with enthusiasm. The people are responding. They're proclaiming, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in the heaven and glory in the highest. They're excited. They're celebrating. And then in our scripture, there's always the good old church people. The Pharisees, they got something they got to gripe about, right? Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Tell them to stop. They're joyful. They're celebrating. They're singing. They're praising. They probably didn't have handbills, but they were probably waving something. Glory to God in the highest. And they're saying, stop them. And one of my favorite lines in probably all of Scripture, Jesus responds, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The word of God, the proclamation, the praise of God will go forth. And so we come this day, this Palm Sunday, to celebrate Christ among us, Christ in us, Christ using us in the world. But we will be disillusioned if we think it stopped right here. You see, the people had gathered. There were close to two and a half million people in Jerusalem in that day. They had returned from all over the Mediterranean basin for what was called the Passover feast. This is the World Series, the Super Bowl, and the Masters all rolled into one for the number of people that were there. It was a celebration of all celebrations. And they knew, they knew that Jesus of Bethany was there. And what he could do. They had heard. They, some had seen the miracles performed. Earlier, Christ grabbed their imagination by raising Lazarus from the dead. Four days in the tomb, stinking and all. Lazarus come out and people saw. How do you not tell people about what Christ has done when he brought someone back to life? So he sends his disciples to go and get a donkey. A borrowed donkey. And Jesus comes riding into town. The symbol of loan, of him riding on the donkey, is a symbol of peace. What would we think if Christ was coming in riding on a war horse? 
will be guns blazing, ready to take over, I'm in charge, ruler of all kind of mentality. But the Lord we know and the Lord that we worship came in on a donkey. And people were throwing their cloaks on the ground, waving palm branches high in the air, proclaiming the one Messiah, the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This was the fulfillment, or so they thought, of Zechariah 9.9, where Christ, where the Messiah was to come in, and branches are waved. But this all begins to melt away in the coming week. The days that follow, that moment of celebration, begin to fall away as people begin to be pushed and stretched in various ways. Think about how you've been pushed in your life, where you question, maybe you've never said this, but why me, God? I know no one in here said that, right? But we cry out, God, why are you letting this happen? Why is this taking place? And our faith begins to dip or dwindle, and we stress and we worry. Christ in this time is coming in. The people of the city are celebrating, but it quickly fades through the events that follow this week. This week is eventful and revealing. And we can see the tide of popular opinion turns against Christ as the week progresses. You see, on Monday, Jesus cleanses the temple of the money changers. This violent scene provokes the Jewish leaders to begin to intensify their efforts to get rid of him. On Tuesday, Christ engages in a discourse with the Jewish leaders and curses the fig tree for being barren. And this to them is a clear message to Israel. On Wednesday, he was anointed in Bethany, much to the discomfort of Judas. Thursday which we call Monday Thursday, and we have a service celebrating that. He was preparing for the Passover. It was the evening of his betrayal, his arrest in Gethsemane, and the beginning of the trials, and the crowds calling for his crucifixion. Friday is the day of his crucifixion. Saturday was the tomb. And Sunday, the day we celebrate, is his resurrection, a day of victory. The same crowds, the same words that went forth of Hosanna on the first day of the week began crying Hosanna at the end of the week. Why? Could it have been because they wanted an instant kingdom? And Jesus is offering an eternal kingdom. Or could it have been that the, the crowds wanted entertainment? Not enrichment. It's very simple. Jesus resisted any attempt to make his message or his ministry the handmaiden to culture, to the government, or to any religious group. As this became clear, the crowds began to melt away. They began to to leave what they thought they wanted. They're not very, very much different than we are. A religious commitment that will not support my political views or my economic opinion. It's just not for me. Any faith that claims first place in my life is just not acceptable. After all, my faith should support me, my worldview, and demand nothing of me. 
We may not say these out loud, but do we practice them in action? We live in a day of instant everything. Instant cake mixes. Even instant messaging. Good gracious at how many I have right now. And how people want an instant response. We live in a world for right here, right now. What can I get? How can I be better? What can make me look good? And Christ is against that. Christ is coming in peace, but Christ is coming for eternity. Not for right now. How do we process the same way? We are like the crowds on that Jerusalem street are no different. God calls us to repentance and we want to make a deal. God, if you do this, then I'll do this. God says his kingdom is forever, and we say as long as it's what I need or what I can use. God says that all of creation is his, and we say try and take it from us. God stretches us. He doesn't stroke our ego. I don't think that God is particularly concerned about happiness, but I do think that God is concerned about our holiness. He's concerned with our commitment, not our pleasure. Just as a math teacher is not concerned whether her students are happy the night before a big test, but the teacher is concerned with the students being committed to learn math. He's not interested in being king for a day. Jesus didn't want just this day, this one day we celebrate. He doesn't want it to be one special day and that's it. He lives to where he can be Lord of our lives. There was a while back where I was out shopping and I noticed this woman's necklace. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful cross. And so I began talking to her and I asked her, are are you a Christian? Pointing to the cross on her neck and she said, no, it's just for fun. The sad part of this is there are some that can be known by that commitment. We don't know the joy of loving and being loved unless we are committed to the one we love. We don't know the satisfaction of serious accomplishment if we have not committed ourselves to the challenge. The long-term results of investing in our children can't be known by a short experience with them. It takes us through a valley of doubt when we see the futility of an uncommitted life and we ask, is this all there is? This week, today, isn't a day just to celebrate and proclaim Hosanna? Praise the Lord. What a good day to go to church. I don't know why I get Southern when I say stuff like that, but I did. But we come to focus our hearts Holy Week invites us to look deeper in our commitment. It invites us to decide. The Bible assured its assertion that commitment is the way of faith. It calls us to be first-rate commitment, not a second-rate cause into question. And unfortunately for many, our commitment to our favorite football team or club or political party or even country club, receives more than our commitment to the faith that we proclaim and profess. A happy day's faith is no match 
for the entrenched evil that's in the world around us. We are called to re-examine our understanding of the mission of Jesus and our commitment to him. The palms which you hold are a, a deep symbol that we use in the life of the church and the one that they celebrated in Scripture. But these same palms are dried over this year and burnt down. And they are the ashes that remind us from dust we came and to dust we shall return. It's not just a symbol of celebration, but it's a symbol of our death. It's a symbol of proclaiming Jesus in this place. But the sin that we take and put him on the cross. Have we made Christ just Lord for a day? Or is he Lord of our lives? We begin to turn into a time of holy communion. Where we look And we examine the scripture, we examine ourselves, and we hear in the liturgy that Christ died while we were yet sinners. That proves his love toward us. We can experience his forgiveness. We can experience what took place the night preparing of his death and resurrection. May we remember that Christ's love goes before us and it is to us to make the decision to live for him. Do we raise these branches in glory and praise every day of our life? Or do we leave them at the door and let them be burnt for next year of the sins that we commit? May God guide our steps. And direct our hearts in love and praise of him. Will you join me as we pray? God of love. How you bring us to this place and we praise you God. We thank you now in this time of the words to proclaim Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We gather in this place to hear from you. In this place to hear from you. May we not leave without your spirit stirring within us. Guide our steps, our hearts, that we would give our all every day in worship of you. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.